Comics with Aaron, Polly, and Wayne. I'm Aaron. This is Paul. And, and this is Wayne. Well, good morning, guys. Hello. You know, uh, Tim is on the injured reserve list this week. Does he have some uh, of that coronavirus? The Dos Equis virus? Yeah, yeah he is... Uh, he is uh, all about the Dosecki's virus this week. Ah, yeah, I almost caught yeah. that once. Yeah. He do- he doesn't always get sick, but when he does, he catches the thing that's just you know going to really mess him up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I think he's just playing hooky to prepare for that sports ball thing. Uh, do the yeah. do the thing. Do the thing. You know, I know this isn't... Tough. Tim would talk about this with me. God damn you, Tim. Um, but did you know that local re- like restaurants and bars and places that show the Super Bowl cannot advertise it as a Super Bowl party? Yeah. You knew that? Because of, because of the licensing and the, yeah. the trademarking. You have, to announce, you have to, you know, the big game party or the sports bowl party or the football yeah. game party. Like, you can't advertise it as a Super Bowl party because yeah. of the licensing. It's- it's just like using the term three-peat, right? You know, it's, it's the same kind of thing. It's the way it's it's licensed and owned. Yeah. Or like superhero, right? Like technically that's co-owned by Marvel and DC. Yeah, or mutant. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I actually didn't even realize that the Super Bowl was tomorrow until somebody posted a meme yesterday about there being a, a big episode of football this weekend. Hmm. I was like, oh, is that this weekend? Go Chiefs. Yeah, it's the it's the football season finale. You know? <laughs> it's going to be a cliffhanger, too, I bet. I, I don't think that's how that works. <laughs> <laughs> I think we got a definitive ending. Uh. <laughs> well, speaking of definitive endings and finales, this week was the series finale after eight years of the CW's Arrow, the show that started the Arrowverse. Um, you know, Stephen Amell, Emily Bett Rickards, or Ricards, or whatever the hell her name is. Um yeah, uh, so we, we, we got essentially what's an epilogue to Crisis, because Oliver died a couple weeks ago, back at the end of Crisis on Infinite Earths. And he's still on his death tour. Yeah, well, well <laughs> yeah, so, and then they had another episode, which was basically a future episode with his daughter and now we've got uh you know this episode that's basically his funeral and some some last minute tie-up things uh you know that we, we get to a, a, a cornucopia of guest stars uh including flash and supergirl and basically everyone who's been on arrow including dead people because as we learned in the episode when oliver remade the universe he decided to bring back everyone who had died, uh, including his mom and Tommy I and that, the cop. I and... thought that was a nice. I thought that was a nice touch. Him bringing back his mom. I thought so too. Wait, have you seen yeah. it? Did you see the finale? I watched the first uh, 15, 20 minutes of it. I haven't finished it yet oh. because I wasted some time watching the pre-show show. Oh yeah, that would suck. And that pre-show show was. Terrible. It really was, and and to be fair, <laughs> and and, may, and Wayne will probably disagree with me, but the finale I thought was terrible too. I, I could not have been more bored <laughs> watching that series finale. Well, and that's why I forgot to finish it. I mean, it wasn't that I didn't have time to finish it. It was just that I forgot. I was I was I was not enjoying it. Other than I did like I was like, wow, you know, I haven't watched Arrow religiously in a couple of years. Uh, same you know, probably in about four years. Yeah, and, and I've, I've been watching the crossovers, but that's really all of Arrow I've been watching for a couple of years now. 
And so when it, when his mother was on, I was like, wait, she died. I saw the episode where she died. And I'm <laughs> fine that she's back. I'm like, oh, well, and, and, you know, and that was one of the things I complained about in crisis is, you know, things should be different. This, it was a nice touch that, that, you know, they brought her back and they, you know, brought the same actress and let her talk. And I, I really like that actress. Uh, I liked her in, in just about everything I've ever seen her in. Um, so anyway, go including ahead. your yeah. dreams. <laughs> My dream. Well, you know, there is that that really good episode where uh, she and Dax hook up on Deep Space Nine. <laughs> <laughs> well, Wayne, what did you think yeah, of the series I watched, finale? I watched it this morning because it was homework, and otherwise, I wouldn't have watched it. I watched it right before recording because I just don't care. Arrow lost me a long time ago. Um, so, watch the episode. I liked the that things are different from the aspect of, I hope they bring that into other shows. I, I don't care about whatever spinoff they come out of this one. There were all of these, what should be emotionally impacting scenes that I just don't care about because I don't care about these characters anymore because the show just utterly lost me. Uh, I, again, I wouldn't have watched it if I wasn't watching it as homework for the show. Yeah. I, um, you know, I will say Two of the things I liked about the episode are that, one, that they had a pretty decently choreographed and um, directed uh, fight sequence. Uh, you know, that was a flashback sequence. It wasn't like they used archival footage. They refilmed, you know, something that we've never seen before. Um, and I thought that was really well done. I mean, obviously watching it now after having watched Daredevil season three, I'm like, ah, it's, it's garbage. But no, I mean, it, it was pretty well filmed. Um, and two... I, I think Diggle is actually really good. I like Diggle as a character. I like the way they wrapped up his storyline and set him up. Uh, spoilers as the Green Lantern. They had already hinted that his... So how did they do that? So the, uh, I think last season they had already uh, clarified that his father's last name was Stuart. And his mother's oh. last name was Diggle. But he was estranged from his father. Gotcha. And so and at the end of this episode... Something comes, he, you know, he's moving to Metropolis, which is setting up that he will probably make an appearance on either the, the Supergirl show. or the upcoming Superman show. Yep. Um, and so he, he's he's basically finished loading up the moving van. He's about to hop in and something crash lands on the ground near him. And he walks up to it and picks it up. And all you see is a, a green light flash on him. And then it ends. Now. Yeah. Uh, the thing that crashes is a nice ring box like you'd get from a store. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Not like just the ring itself, not like a lantern. No, a stupid ring box. A ring like box. You, you just bought this from Walmart. <laughs> I, because I that's where that's, Walmart. Yeah, I thought that... That's what I'm saying. It wasn't even a nice ring box like you'd get from a real jewelry store. Uh-huh. It's just a cheap ring box. Yeah. And I thought that scene was so stupid with how they did it. I like if that the they set up for something, crashed, for something they, that we've hoped yeah, they for. Couldn't, they can't show the ring. He's not going to have it in any of his upcoming appearances. Like he's going to be on the, the uh, mid-season return of Flash, and he's not going to have the ring. They've said in all these interviews they're not dealing with it anytime soon. They haven't dealt with the any licensing around the HBO Green Lantern thing. So they did it, and now we're going to just ignore it for... However long until they work that out, probably until the Superman show starts. Yeah, or probably. Yeah, I mean, I think it, they could have done it. Go ahead. They could have done it so, so much better than a ring box like that. Yeah, I would have. 
they could have had it actually go on him and then just fade away as his uh, has green like going over his arms or something. Yeah, I did. I, I, here's the thing. I liked the scene. <laughs> the box thing was funny to me. Like it didn't bug me, but I, it was kind of silly. But I will say, what what frustrates me is that they set up something, and yeah, they're never going to pay it off uh, because of that H because of the HBO Max series coming out for Green Lantern. Um, unless he is going to be on that show, there's pretty much no payoff for this. Um, so that was a little, you know, it, while it was cool, it's also a little bit frustrating because what what's going to happen with that character? Yeah, because, um, I mean, what's the point of doing all that if you're not actually going to get to see him with the ring and in the suit? Yeah, and with the hints of Metropolis, like, I, I feel like they're trying to figure out what to do with that character. And good, because I actually really like that actor. I think he does a great job with that character. I think he's one of the few bright spots of that series um, of Arrow in these last few seasons. And of this final episode, I thought he was the... the the key part of it. Um, I have a question about yeah. Diggle. Yes. Um, and th- it was a question I had watching the crisis crossover. Cause in the epilogue of the crisis crossover in episode five, um, he is sitting on the couch with his wife, right? Lila. Um, yes. And they've got two kids now in, in one of the, in one of the season enders on the flash, you know, the Flash rewrote history and Diggle didn't have a son anymore. He had a daughter. So my question is, is did he have another kid in the intervening years, in the intervening seasons of Arrow that I've not watched? Or was that a fix in the crisis that he has both his son and his daughter now? It's an adoption. Oh, okay. Yeah, in the future 2040 universe, whatever, he had raised another child next to his own kid and that kid becomes deathstroke yes yep future deathstroke yep okay okay yeah it's in the end who gives a shit um (laughs) no i shouldn't say that exactly but hey superman got two kids out of the rewritten 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 universe now superman has two kids True. So they're setting yeah, that up for the series. Both shows. sons. That doesn't make any sense to me. Seems like you'd do a son and a daughter with him, but okay. Well, now they can name one John and one uh, Connor. Uh. Or, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess we'll see what, how that pans out. What I out. was surprised with is I have never liked the character of Mia, the uh, Green Arrow's daughter from the future. And I actually enjoyed her in that episode. It was the first time I've ever enjoyed her character where she just didn't seem like an annoying brat. Uh, I know. actually prefer uh, Captain Smith's take on Mia, where she's not his daughter but his ward, and uh, you know she's HIV positive. I like that character. Yeah, that, yeah. I enjoyed that storyline. Um, yeah, yeah. I, here's the thing: I thought she was good in the finale, but not enough for me to watch the show. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, I so completely is, agree. I am not on board for the spinoff at all. I just so this, what's the spinoff called? Do we know? Green Arrow and the Canaries. Uh. Because it's going to have... Sounds um, like a bad band. It really does. <laughs> it, it, I'm sure it'll look like it, too. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I, here's the thing. I, I, I'm I a fan of Stephen Amell. I, you know, I appreciate his interaction with the fans. I appreciate the first three years of Arrow, um, even though this was season eight. Just, just you know, that that's yeah. an indicator yeah. that there it's was like more bad than good. It's like Supernatural went way past its ending. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, in the end, this finale felt me... Like, I was bored. 
I was I was genuinely bored, and then the ending happened, and I'm like, yeah, you know, I get like maybe if I had watched the whole eight years, that would have been a nice, impactful, emotional, you know, sweet way to end the show. But I'm like, meh, all right, well, that sucked, <laughs> you know. I think my favorite thing in the entire episode was uh, a diggle scene, and it's where he's doing the salmon ladder, and he's like, that's not that hard. I should have done that, that year. I saw that. That was funny. You know, because that dude is huge up top. So, like, I'm sure it's nothing for him. Yeah. But, yeah, so in the end, I'm, I was, I don't know what I was expecting, considering the last, again, five years haven't really interested me. But I guess I, in the end, it did resolve things. It brought a bunch of characters back. It had a nice, happy ending. It was about what I guess we could expect from, from the show. But I don't know. Like, it's, yeah, I'm not going to revisit Arrow anytime soon. Yeah, if I had to say it, I'd say that was probably a satisfying ending for people that still cared about the show. But that's just not... Yeah. Um, now, interesting enough, they also this week had the London premiere of that TV, of the, that TV show, of the upcoming movie Birds of Prey, the new Harley Quinn movie that we've completely expressed disinterest in. And I got to tell you, you know, I, I, I'm sure both of you guys follow the Geek of Steel on uh, Instagram. Yeah. That dude, you know, like he's just, he got invited to the premiere. He's posing for pictures with Margot Robbie and the rest of the cast. And I'm like, oh, wow, I really need to work on our Instagram feed more. Um, (laughs) But uh, so the, you know, the London premiere happened and advanced reviews are out and they are genuinely positive, which is kind of shocking to me. Um, You know, the, 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 the action sequences are compared to something from... They're they're saying they they feel like something out of a John Wick movie or the Raid movies that the action is extremely well choreographed and brutally violent, um, and that the film is a lot of fun. And I'm like, huh, I did not see that one coming. Because yeah, the previews look horrible, despite the fact that as it flashes through who the characters are, there are a lot of characters I love, but I don't recognize them in that movie. Yeah, like Cassandra is, is in the movie. Yeah, Cassandra Cain's in the movie. Ewan McGregor as Black Mask is supposedly excellent in the role. Um, I'm kind of surprised that this is so... I mean, pretty much universally given positive reviews from different well, sources. So is Joker, though. Well, fair. I mean, that is fair. You know, Joe, and you know, I still haven't seen it. I mean, I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to review a movie I haven't seen. I can just say the premise of it doesn't appeal to me just as the premise of this film doesn't appeal to me. It may be well done just as Joker may be well done, but it's, you know, it just doesn't feel like a movie for me. You know, now I loved Joker a lot. Yeah. I'll wait for some of the audience reviews on birds of prey. Uh, Cause uh, that's a little bit more indicative of thing of people who aren't being paid to give positive reviews. Um, hmm. And if, if I, if folks I know that I, whose opinion I trust enjoy the movie, Maybe I'll get out and watch it on a matinee or a Tuesday night or something like that. But I'm certainly not rushing out to see it opening weekend right. or opening night. And, th- you know, that's not to be a jerk about it. It's not because I don't like any of the actors or actresses in it. Because I'm quite oh, a big fan Margot of Margot Robbie and Ewan McGregor. Yeah, yeah um, and I mean, the characters, Harley hmm. Quinn, Diana Lance, Renee Montoya, Cassandra Kane. I love these characters. Uh, Huntress, too. But... They just don't look good. Yeah, they like, they don't look like the characters in how they're being portrayed, and it's not the actors or actresses. I think it's the writing and the direction that looks really bad on those trailers. Yeah, 
Agreed. I mean, it just doesn't look good. And this is from someone who actually liked Suicide Squad the first time he saw it. Yeah. So, you know, I, I just, I, I'm, I'm, I'm cautious, but like I said, I'm, I'm holding out and waiting to see what others think that, uh, but early reviews, very positive. So we'll see. So I love looking at IMDb for a movie that I haven't seen yet. And just reading the character descriptions. Cause you get like all of the characters you, you recognize, like say, you know, Renee Montoya and then right below that scantily clad crystal and a couple below that hot couple friend. It just, the descriptions of characters amuse me. <laughs> well, those are memorable characters, Wayne hot couple. That's how they refer to you and I, Paul. Yes, of course. <laughs> this is the Hot Couple Podcast. <laughs> it's funny books with Hot Couple. <laughs> <laughs> Rebranded. Yeah. Hashtag Hot Couple. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm hot, but in a different way. About this week's issue oh. of Justice League 39. Jesus Christ, Paul. Did you did you just want to throw throw your iPad across the room? I really did. I wanted to throw myself across the room for, for reading 39 issues of a uh-huh. book that was set up for another book. Uh-huh. They're like, oh, yeah, Scott they, Snyder's they last really issue on the, the title. Story. It yeah. had no, no ending. Yeah. Yeah. But, and, you know, ends with, by the way, you'll probably want to read these other books where the story continues. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me like it, it legitimately had zero ending so this justice do yeah. more and i don't know what issue of justice do more this is six maybe um you know they've been setting up that the heroes you know are gonna defeat perpetua you know by by convincing folks to sign up for justice instead of doom and then you know all of us like basically they lose and perpetua banishes them to the other side of the galaxy and you know they they go through a door um to basically you know, tr- I guess I don't know what the fucking door means. It's you know, it's, it's it doesn't make any fucking sense, right? Um, but it's all basically set up for Death Metal, the upcoming uh, Scott Snyder, Greg Capullo sequel to Metal, and so th- and I didn't realize it would be. I assumed that they were there was going to be set up. I didn't realize that there would be no ending yeah. to thirty nine issues of story because this story has been going since issue one. Of Justice mm-hmm. League, and yeah. like I would have liked some conclusion and setup, but not necessarily no conclusion. <laughs> yeah. And that's what we got. We got zero conclusion, and I was rather pissed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it was. It, this was wildly disappointing. Yeah, I, I, I was, I was stunned at how disappointing it was because there have been some really great moments in this series, mm-hmm. but for for this issue to have been you know so absent any kind of conclusion um and it, you know just being a okay let's run on to the next fight because we have been nothing but fight for several issues now yeah. and I, i'm just like hmm there's not even a, there, there while there is a little bit of navel gazing in the move in, in the at the end of the book there's nothing like well at least we accomplished this i mean they've literally accomplished nothing every plan they've had has failed yeah, and that's and, basically what happened. It was f- five issues yeah. of them trying and failing and trying and failing and trying and failing. The yeah. only thing that really came out of this issue um, was the reference to Doomsday Clock. There was a reference yeah. to Doomsday Clock as being kind of, but not really, in this universe. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that that even though it's not necessarily part of this universe, its impact is on the universe because everything counts. Um, and so th- that th- that's how they basically explained away that. 
Alfred was still alive in Doomsday Clock. Yeah. So um, there's a page where where you've got uh, the quintessence, yes. you know, uh, addressing the league. Um, when do, I, I always in my head in the in the DC Comics pantheon of uh, of you know uh, supernatural characters, I always thought the Spectre and the Phantom Stranger were peers. And it doesn't seem that that's the case here because they it really seems like the specter, you know, literally on the page is a smaller character than than the Phantom Stranger. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I I kind of assumed it was the opposite. Honestly, I thought the specter would be the big one and Phantom Stranger was kind of like the Herald or something. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I I I thought that I thought that was a weird depiction. It was. It was was weird. You know, the quintessence you've got, you know, I I don't. Is that Gantha? uh, The. uh the uh it is certainly Green one Lantern of the owens i don't know if it's ganthet he uh, looks like ganthet because of the ponytail that's that's the only that's reason true. i say and you got phantom stranger you've got shazam and I'm, I'm not sure who the other two people i don't know who are. the lady is but the other one's high father oh thank you yes it is you know they i don't know that that's shazam too, i think so. that's zeus i could be wrong there though you could be right with i think that's shazam okay. i think that's the wizard shazam yeah so maybe shazam <laughs> So, I mean, you know, there are good ideas, but God damn, like it just, it, it, the fact that they built, they built all this up to basically be nothing but build up is what frustrated me. Cause it's basically just, it doesn't read like a conclusion at all. It just reads like the next, the next chapter in the story and that's what it is. But I didn't, you know, I didn't know that going in. It would have been great for DC to say, Hey, Scott Snyder's last issue is set up for the upcoming death metal. But you don't really find that out until you get to the last page and you turn and, you're, and it just because it doesn't say to be continued yeah. on the last page. It just says for everything. And they're running through the open door and then you turn the page and it's like next <laughs> on Injustice League. I'm like, the fuck are you talking about? That is Batman Superman first arc all, all over again. Yeah, but I, that was I, only I, five issues instead of 39. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, <laughs> that wasn't a major okay, investment. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't buy this. I bought that. <laughs> Fair. And don't get me wrong. I will pick up Death Metal. You know, the, the picture of Wonder Woman holding, like, a Wonder Chainsaw is, is pretty badass. That it looks like the uh, lasso is the ripcord for it. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's, that's kind it's of, a, uh, it's, pretty, it's kind of an awesome idea. Um, yeah. you know, but I, I do wonder given that, you know, this is, this story is going to continue in death metal. You know, they advertise justice league issue 40, which comes out next week with a new creative team, Robert Venditti and Doug Mankey, which is a, a pretty solid creative team. Um, yeah, it sure is. And I'm like, but is that how, where is that going to take place? <laughs> like, basically, is that going to take place at some undisclosed place in the future? And I, Death Metal's going to fill in the blanks? Like, you know, it. it come on. Yep. You're pissing me off. I, I committed so, you know, it's not like this was a cheap book. 40, yep. you know, 40 issues times four, not including the tie-in books. You know, I put some money into this story just to basically get nothing out of it. Yep. Yeah, frustrating. Frustrating. Big time. Well, let's talk about a book that I really enjoyed this week, and that is Doctor Strange, Surgeon Supreme, issue number two. And right off the bat, that is a gorgeous cover. It is. Uh, the, the cover by Max uh, uh, Fiumara, Fiumara, Fiumara yeah. is uh, terrific. It is, it, it, you know, 
he has got a style very much in, in line with Nick Darrington. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, not that I'm saying that, you know, he's aping Nick Darrington. It's just like they both kind of draw from the same uh, uh, sort of reference point. And I just I love this this uh, cover with Doctor Strange wearing a surgical mask, but wearing his you know Master of the Mystic Arts uh, outfit and doing surgery, removing you know Cthulhu like tentacles from somebody. I just I, I really like that cover. It is it is gorgeous, and the the point of view perspective is from the patient, so it's you know looking up. It's it's a gorgeous cover. Yeah, and. Uh- I didn't even notice that the title was Surgeon Supreme until uh, one of you mentioned it in a chat earlier this week. I never, I never, I was just Doctor Strange. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. I I, I love that cover. And I got to tell you, I really enjoyed this book. Me too. Um, we, the, the artwork by uh, uh, Kev Walker is just gorgeous. And I like that he gets storyteller credit with Mark Wade on this. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's so much visual storytelling here in terms of, of the way, you know, Dr. Strange is thinking about things, uh, and the, the movements in the book, uh, we get to spend a little bit more time in, uh, Dr. Strange's, you know, secret workshop. We, we saw some of that in previous volumes. I don't think you guys have read them, but, uh, we, we, we spent some time there in the earlier volumes of, of, uh, Mark Wade's run on Dr. Strange. And I just love how, you know, well, I got to go build something to take care of that. You know, it's almost what he needs is a Q, right? Like 007's Q <laughs> who equips him with, you know, a magical wristwatch, you know, that can uh, blow up people. I really dug that. I, I got a kick out of his assistant playing with toys. Yeah, and part of that figures. is because <laughs> those action figures remind me of like the 90s action figures that I had of these characters. Uh-huh. Although I never had my own custom-made version of his house. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I got to tell you, I was, I was, I was, you know, reading those pages, and it cracks me. His assistant at the hospital is the one who's playing with this stuff at his desk, and you know, Doctor Strange is—is is that a toy of my house? And the guy's like, no, no. Well, you know, a little bit. You know, it's homemade. And I'm like, you know, is that going to be some sort of voodoo thing? You know, <laughs> is, is that is is his assistant going to be uh, also a practitioner and, uh, you know, use some of that against him? But hopefully not. Hopefully that's just innocent fun. Yeah. Right. Well, hopefully. But, you know, the hospital's new dean is uh-huh. Dr. Druid, which was a nice yeah. little turn of a uh, turn of events. Can I tell you, I loved the way Kev Walker drew Dr. Druid. Oh, yeah. He the I mean. He has such a unique uh, uh, facial, you know, he's got great face hair, but he also is very expressive. Um, I, I Particularly when you zoom in and guided view and he just fills up your page, it's just such a well-drawn character. Um, you know, and it makes you feel like he, there's a lot of eyebrow acting going on with uh, Dr. Druid. And I just feel like something terrible is happening here because Dr. Druid was dead as Dr. Strange notes and Dr. Strange also notes that Dr. Druid doesn't remember his resurrection. Yeah. I think the only, the only negative I had about the entire book is that last scene with Dr. Druid, he's got a weird, weird world map on there. Uh huh. I don't like the weird world stuff. I'm hoping that I know that's going to become a storyline or a thing in here. And I, I'm loving this book so much. I don't want that brought in. 
Yeah, but you know what? With this creative I like team, the they might turn it around. Stuff from uh, circa 1980. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, uh, Mark Wade is is certainly somebody who knows the uh, the depths of Marvel comics. And I'm sure, you know, maybe he'll uh, dive deep into the weird world stuff that was, you know, in Epic Illustrated back in the 80s. That's what I'm hoping for, because that's my weird world. Yeah, that might be a little different. It's the new stuff that I didn't care for at yeah. all. Yeah, I like what they stuff. Yeah, I like what they did with the Wrecker in this book where his crowbar can crow between it can can pry open uh the, the rifts between realities and so you know he he racks that crowbar into doctor strange and you know for a moment pries open all of these alternate doctor stranges i thought it was a really neat take and i, I liked how souped up the wrecker was i thought it was a great book i love i love the combat in, in it I liked uh, how Doctor Strange addressed this stuff. The artwork is gorgeous. I mean, just yeah. Kev Walker is just this, these may be the best pages I've ever seen from Kev Walker, to be honest. Yeah, and I like how they, like you mentioned with the Wrecking Crew, I like that they made the, they brought the Wrecking Crew into a Doctor Strange book, but they altered them so that they fit within the context of this Doctor Strange book. Right, it's not just Doctor Strange fighting the Wrecking Crew, you know? Yeah. So yeah, and I've been wondering all along where the rest of them were. So I got a kick out of. Strange shows up ready for one, and now here's another. Yeah. Well, let's talk briefly. I don't know if you guys did. Either of you read the Strange Academy preview? I did, and I love Kid Dormammu. I did. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I know it's Umberto Ramos, which I know isn't Wayne's thing, um, but and Scotty Young on writing. But I've actually been really looking forward to this book since it was announced, and it looks like it's going to be a Harry Potter esque take on on the 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 new or actually i guess a better equivalent would be like the wolverine and the x-men book that or gen x or yeah. gen x you know uh, yeah. the, the, those types of books um but on the magical side of the the marvel universe set in new orleans which is a fantastic idea um i actually there's a beautiful two-page spread of the campus i'm, I'm very much looking forward to this book i am too it looks it looks super hot the uh you know, I, 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 it's got Brother Voodoo in it. And you know, Paul, yeah, I love some him. Brother Voodoo. Same here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's definitely not my thing <laughs> as I look through it. I'm, I, you mentioned Harry Potter. I am not a Harry Potter fan either. No. Uh, but there are some interesting characters in the preview. I, I read through the preview. I found the kids to be interesting. I love the Dormammu. I loved... Uh, when they're going through the teachers, that one of them is uh, uh, Nico Runaways. Mm-hmm. A big fan of that character. Yeah. But yeah, the premise isn't one that appeals to me, but I enjoyed this preview. So I'm going to give it a first issue when it comes out, even though the premise just doesn't. Because the characters do. Well, hey. Yeah. Good on you I with mean, the open all, mind. I like it. If, if, I, if all I get is Kid Dormammu, I'm good. You know, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I like God. I, the minute I saw him on the page, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm down for this. Yeah. And then, I, then they, then they show me Brother Vo- uh, Voodoo, and I'm like, okay, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. yeah, I'm definitely on board for the first issue. Hopefully, it'll. Oh, and I, I love the. I, I, is this the first time we've seen the mindful one? I believe, not. I mean, as far as I know. Yeah. So it's you know we 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 are familiar with the mindless ones from uh, uh, the pages of Doctor Strange, but we have a mindful one, which is a, uh, a knowledgeable, mindless one. I just, I, I think that's a great idea. I love and it. And personal chef. Yeah. 
What I was curious about, because you guys have read a lot more of the Doctor Strange stuff recently, the Ancient One. How's the Ancient One alive? He showed up in one of the uh, previous Mark Waid volumes. You know, if you'll recall way back in the day, uh, the Ancient One became one with the universe, where the universe spit him back out. Interesting. and so he uh, has 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 been back in the pages and, you know, talking to Stephen, that kind of thing. OK. Well, you know, so it sounds like we're all on board for the first issue of Strange Academy when it comes out in March. We all enjoy Doctor Strange, Surgeon Supreme. And I got to say, Donnie Cates and Nick Klein's Thor issue two, I enjoyed even more than issue one. I loved this book. And, you know, again, I'm reading this book. And I'm like, how can Tim not like this book? Because well, yeah. it's, it's just not, it's, it's like Wayne, not liking, you know, the, the young kid wizard story. The, Tim doesn't like the Galactus. Tim's like against Galactus stories. So it's just not his jam, but Holy shit. The story laid a smackdown on Galactus in this issue. Well, and it's amazing. And I, lo- I love yeah. the tip of the hat to the death of the DC universe. Yeah. I, I got, it took me a second. I'm like, wow, that looks like the daily planet. And wow, that's Superman flying past the daily planet. That's the Flash running down the street, and that's yeah. that's uh, Green Lantern I, and I, Batman swinging. Yeah, like it's it's great. It's a nice yeah. little reference. Yeah, it was it was, and it was so well done. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I mean, I, the one the, the the moment that I'm like Tim needs to be reading this book because you know Thor throws his hammer through Galactus's hand, taking out what three fingers. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm like fuck. <laughs> and then back through his kneecap. Yeah. Yes. I mean, this book yeah, is. I don't gorgeous. really don't like seeing Galactus taken down, but taken down by Thor. Those were just amazing panels. I mean, I read both, both issue one and two this morning, or last night, one of the two. But I read them together, so it's hard for me to, you know, blur which was in which issue. I really am behind this one. I like this. Thor is. The whole King Thor thing, but even thrust into a new role, he is defiant, and he is Thor. Yeah, I like that he's he is not he is very much like Norrin Rod in Silver Surfer. Once he uh, got his conscience back, because remember, you know, Galactus turned his conscience off for a while, so he's got his conscience, and he he is. This is a limited time engagement, and he's not going to allow Galactus to kill people, right? And so this world that he leads Galactus to, that Galactus is going to consume, he has uh, Sif, who is now functioning in the role of the guardian of the Bifrost Bridge uh, since the death of her brother Heimdall. He has Sif transport all of that population to Asgard so that they're safe, and I, I, I love that story. I love that, you know, I hope that it's not temporary that they're on Asgard. I'd like to see other people other than Asgardians on Asgard. So I haven't read a Thor thing in a long time, and I am in love with Thori. Yeah, I love Thor. Thori is great. And I, and oh, yeah. I like that his his solution to, you know, the, the sudden crowdedness in Asgard is to eat some of their new guests. Yes. And <laughs> if I don't kill Asgard. <laughs> this is my first introduction to Thori, other than you guys talking about it. It's the first time I've actually read the character. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I, I I'm already in love with the character. I yeah. need more Thori. We can yeah, thank Kieran Gillen for that one because yeah, that was right. you know that was uh, Loki's dog when Loki was a kid in Journey into Mystery. Um, and hey, Aaron, that last page setup. 
Jesus Christ, it's so hot. It's so hot. With, uh, you know, spoilers, Beta Ray Bill and Scuttlebutt return to the pages of Thor in issue number three. And boy, that is some lovely drawn uh, Beta Ray Bill there. I've just, oh, yeah. I've, you know, we, we have talked, particularly in the last uh, Annihilation book, um, you've got to have a special artist and you've got to have a special writer for Beta Ray Bill. And fingers crossed, Donnie Cates is uh, going to bring that home because we already see that the art is Johnny on it. Yeah, I am such a huge Beta Ray Bill fan that when I had a Beta Fish, I named it Ray Bill. So it was my Beta Ray Bill. So I I geeked out seeing that page and seeing the him there with the hammer ready to go. Yeah. It's super good. I, I'm I'm really digging it. Yeah. I'm really digging it. And, you know, I, I, I did really enjoy uh, seeing Galactus get whooped on by Thor. That was oh, yeah. pretty good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, uh, Nick Klein really, I mean, on the art is just absolutely killing it. I'm, I'm, I'm digging this book a lot. Same here. Yeah. So Thor 2, uh, big thumbs up. Uh, you really can't go wrong with it. Uh, and, again, our other recommendation from this week is Doctor Strange, Doctor Strange issue number two. Uh, both of these books are early on. Both of them on their second issues. You can pick up issues one and two right now. Uh, recommend doing that if you're not already picking them up because both of them are super strong. Agreed. Yeah, and you sold me on all the Galactus talk last week. So, <laughs> <laughs> or I guess last month. Yeah. Well, good, good times. So, Paul. Yes, sir. What's coming out next week? Well, from DC Comics, we already mentioned this, but Justice League issue 40, um, featuring the new creative team on Justice League, Robert Venditti and Doug Mankey, uh, comes out next week. Uh, it, let's see. An unexpected arrival from the stars brings a dire warning to the Justice League. A new breed of conquerors is on the march. Led by Superman's nemesis, Eradicator, a genetically engineered, superpowered strike team has come to subjugate Earth. To aid the Justice League, Batman makes the unprecedented decision of enlisting an ancient, unrivaled power, which calls into question who exactly is in charge. Um, I, you know, Eradicator. I might pick it up. I like, I love, I, I like Robert Venditti, and I love Doug Mankey. So I'll give the first issue of the new creative team a shot. I will as well. Um, from Marvel Comics, we have the relaunch of Darth Vader. This is set in the post Empire Strikes Back world, uh, written by Greg Pak, art by Raphael Yenko. Uh, I'm not familiar with the artist. I I don't know. I I just I'm don't not know. such a big Greg Pak fan. I, yeah. I I think I'm going to sit that one out. I'll wait for a sale. Yeah. Um, we also got a new issue of Doctor Doom from Christopher Cantwell and Salvador Larroca. Mm-hmm. I'm quite behind I, on that. I'm enjoying that series though. Yeah. And one book that really interests me is Captain America: The End. I did not I did not pick up Doctor Strange: The End, and Aaron, I'll have to I'll wait for your review on it. But the reason that I'm interested in Captain America The End is because it is written and drawn by legendary writer-artist Eric Larson. Ooh. Um, you know, coming back to Marvel to do the last Captain America story. So I'm, oh. I'm 100% picking that up. You know, I'm, I'm a really... I, I'm like an abused spouse. Uh, most of these The End books aren't very good. But yeah. I, I'm enjoying Doctor Strange so much right now is, is why I picked up Doctor Strange The End. Haven't read it yet. I wanted to because, pick it up, but I was waiting. I, I'm, I'm going to wait for your review on it because I just well, I don't know. Yeah, right now I live in a world where it is both good and bad, right? It could, it could be either one. <laughs> I don't know yet. Just never read it. Read <laughs> and that's kind of where I'm at right now. I'm like, I, I own it. I, I could read it right now. I'm looking at the cover right now. Uh, I'm just afraid, Paul. I'm afraid. <laughs> I'm with you on that. 
So I picked up uh, the Deadpool, the end one, and, and uh, I enjoyed it, but it's Deadpool. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we'll talk about those next week. So, hey, we'd like to know what you thought about this week's books. And, uh, you know, also call and let us know if uh, if uh, you picked up uh, Doctor Strange and uh, Thor, because we're, we're really digging those. We'd love to hear your, hear your thoughts as well. Give us a call at 972-763-5903. That number, once again, 972-763-5903. And if we use your voicemail on the show, you'll win a coveted, valuable Ideology of Madness surprise. Woohoo! You can also hit us up on our social media accounts. IOM Geek on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And maybe uh, next week, you know, uh, you know, Tim will be uh, off the bench and uh, and 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 back in the show. We'll <laughs> hopefully, see. hopefully. And meanwhile, hopefully. while Aaron was talking, I went and purchased the Hellbat and Superman Unchained <laughs> Armor action figures uh, from uh, Amazon.com from the new McFarland Toys line. They all look gorgeous, but those two. Those two are are figures that I don't already own a figure mm-hmm. of. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um, and that Superman Unchained armor is is pretty hot. I'm a little concerned that you're doing online shopping while I'm talking, Paul. You should be hanging on my every word. What? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's my point. <laughs> well, and on that note, thank you guys for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Have a good week. Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com. No Spider-Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast. Mm-hmm.